Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. Um, I'm your host, Emmanuel, and today we are talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 3. I've got two amazing guests to discuss the episode with. Um, before that, obviously, welcome to our podcast feed. We are obviously covering a multitude of different series at the moment. We're talking Loki, obviously, which you're listening to. We're covering Gen V, which just got renewed for Season 2. Um, we are going to cover Invincible, which starts next month pretty excited about that we've got episodes already about like series that have just completed like sex education top boy winning time and the continental also our sister podcast is this cinema is back from its hiatus and they've just come out with a new episode on um taylor swift's eras tour and that's going to be on this feed as well um so yeah so you know join us for all these episodes give us your thoughts rate us review us share it with your friends everything Cool. So with me today to discuss um, Loki, um, I have got a returning guest, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, how are you doing? Hey guys, I'm good. Happy to be back. And we've also got a new face for Loki, I guess. Um, he's been with us before on Popcorn for Dinner. Um, welcome, Mo. Oh, nice to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Proper. I had to say it. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on for like the... I forced my, the number of times I've forced my way onto this podcast, uh, just like, I don't know, I think this is the podcast I've been on most. I haven't even been on our podcast this many times. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, 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 we're, we're, we're privileged. Uh, for those who don't know, Mo is the editor-in-chief of Streamer. Um, check them out. They do a lot of amazing pop culture content. We had Fat, Fat Four with us last week, who is the um, comic editor. That's TJ. Um, his, so, yeah. name, his name isn't actually Fat Thor, it's TJ. <laughs> I mean, he 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 told us to call him that, so we <laughs> oh, stick with it. I just have to, I just think, because when people get to know him, I'm like, they're like, oh, Thor. I'm like, who the hell is Thor? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's, a, that's a character. <laughs> Not you being Mysterio at this point. Uh, you, you've exposed him now. Now everyone knows right. his actual name. Yeah, I've doxed him. I've, do, I've, I've, I've doxed him. Wait till I tell you what TJ stands for. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Right, right, right. Cool. So um, let's get into the episode. Uh, general thoughts, Mo, what did you think about the episode? Yeah, I thought the episode was, it, like, I've seen the first four episodes and I thought this was my second favorite out of the the four that I got a chance to see. Only because uh, when I first watched it, I thought that each new episode was trying to do something different from a craft perspective. So uh-huh. I think... Um, I thought the cinematography in episodes one and two were really, really good, and they stood out for me as far as like the technical achievements. Um, for me, episode three had my two favorite shots from like the whole of the show, and probably in the MCU in, in in general, because it was that shot of Loki traveling through Loki and Mobius traveling through the time door at the uh-huh. towards the start of the episode, and it was that shot of Renslayer, Timely, and Miss Minutes on the boat. And because uh-huh. Miss Minutes is still black and white, she kind of looks yeah. like a moon there. Yeah. And I thought that was a, re- I just thought that was a really nice, nice picture. There was, um, I think Moon Knight episode three also had a really nice shot of the moon. And I, and yeah. so like, funnily enough, Moon Knight was also one of the, show, one of the Marvel shows that they gave us four episodes for. So, nice. uh, just yeah, I mean, a funny coincidence. And it's also the Moon Knight director did do directing for Loki season two. So there's similarities there. Ah, okay. Ah. I didn't. I didn't know the Moonlight directors were over. Yeah, J- uh, Justin Benson and and Aaron Moorhead. I think uh, I get oh, the names nice. mixed around, but yeah, it's Justin and Justin and Aaron. 
I was going to say that if if a show called Moon Knight doesn't have a good shot of the moon, then what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, um, we've talked about the cinematography and the directing. I think we talked about it in last week's episode that it's been really good. Um, for this episode as well, it was really good. I need to shout out director of this episode, Kazra Farahani. Um, he co-wrote and directed the episode. Um, I needed, I wanted to give him a shout out because I think he's got an amazing story because he was, he's the production assistant on the actual, um, Loki season two. He was a production assistant in season one as well. But before that, he was a concept artist for Marvel. So it's just nice to see someone kind of like level up through the system from like concept artist to production assistant to now writing and directing an episode that we're all saying we enjoyed. Um, you know, so, and, you know, he's also um, an Iranian man, so props for diversity as well. So, yeah, just wanted to give him a shout out. I thought he did an amazing job. That's something that you, that, that is the same with the director from last week's episode, Dan DeLue. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an assistant director um, ah. for, for the show as well. So it's good to see, oh, nice. to see Marvel kind of working with talent that they were Progression, yeah. Um, yeah. Not, like, keep it in the family, but also kind of really train up the people that they've got to mm. to give it make it a studio that's got like veteran talent that actually does produce good work. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think the objective for these directors is to start them off on something small, like an episode of a TV show, and then mm-hmm. see if they can maybe graduate to taking on a whole season, and then taking mm-hmm. on a film, and then taking on like that's the progression thing I think that goes. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's great. It's great to be can honest. I, like, can there's... I interrupt this discussion yeah, about yeah, Loki to give you some MCU some actual Marvel news that broke today. All right, which is that, breaking news. Sure, exclusive. It's not, no, not, already exclusive exclu- not already exclusive anymore. Um, but there's a... Uh, I need to see what the names are. But... Uh, C- oh yeah, Sita Menon, Raj and DK, who did The Family Man, a show called Farsi, and they're working on Citadel India for uh-huh. Prime Video. They've just been hired by Marvel Studios to... Uh, write an upcoming movie that is described as a cool new origin story for a superhero. They were introduced to Marvel by the Russo brothers, Uh and Marvel Studios, we know this from Deadline, recently opened up pitches for writers for X-Men projects. So, it would be interesting to see if they're going to be doing an X-Men project. Oh, interesting. Because there's some X-Men-y stuff that that links to Loki with with obviously... Uh, Victor Timely and uh, all of the kindness and Apocalypse and Ramitat and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, to bring it back to Loki, it's funny because like online last week, I was seeing a lot of people saying, oh, you know when they go into the room of the temporal loom and the doors open and they're like, that really reminded them of Cerebro? I was oh. like, I mean, we can't start doing this thing where any sliding door is Cerebro. Just okay, because but, we know but, <laughs> but any sliding door with an X on it has to be Cerebro though. Like you got to, I mean, even it. the X, the X on it was reaching for me. No, but, that, but. <laughs> okay, so so what they turn they turned architectural uh, architectural structure into an into an Easter egg. That's just genius. That's just good filmmaking. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough. I mean, people, people will connect to it, but then I can't. I can't. This thing, like I remember, like was it? It was Miss Marvel where we had that little bit of the X Men uh, theme. Yeah, I just remember losing my shit. So I can't. I can't complain about people doing that. I watched Multiverse of Madness in the cinema, and it was the first IMAX showing in the UK. Um, yeah. 
And then I remember I was just, I was so tired. And then when Professor X came on and he said that just because people lose their way or something like that, the person next yeah. to me was repeating it. And I was like, oh my God, let's, let's, yeah. this was, this was, <laughs> this was like a year, a year and three months ago, a year and five months ago. And people are still talking, clinging on to any X-Men that they can get. So we need some, some news soon. <laughs> yeah no absolutely right let's talk about what we do have in marvel um back to loki um jeremiah what did you think about um, episode three yeah no like this is probably like what i was saying this is one of my favorite episodes of legends of tomorrow or like disney likes to call it loki <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have angry fans in your mention lock Maybe, your account now but- I loved, especially those first 10, 15 minutes, like we were saying um, offline, uh, I loved the idea. And we mentioned this last week again, we're coming back, we're coming down to earth and giving us more of the adventures that people probably thought we would get when we heard there would be a show with Loki that had to do with time travel. And we discovered there was something called the TVA. Um, so I liked the whole, they get to play dress up, they go undercover, they're trying to figure out without breaking the timeline. But of course, like in this case, we don't really care about branching the timeline anymore. But they're looking, for, they're hunting someone, Loki and Mobius are doing their classic cop routines or whatever. And it's, I loved the, I loved the episode and I had a lot of fun watching it because I mean, like you were mentioning as well, there's a bunch of Easter eggs that we can pick up on from in different parts of this episode, like how uh, Victor Timely connects to other characters although again i still find myself having to calm down and not try to theorize too much before we start thinking oh my days maybe victor timely connects to the fantastic four or to x like it's loki we're just gonna get a story about loki this time so, well you say you say that you say that but loki is one of those is one of those shows that can go anywhere uh, because of how how unburdened it is to the rest of the mcu yeah like perhaps it, but this is what i was saying to Mano that like it doesn't Technically, it doesn't have to be something that we see inside of Loki. So you see how, like, for example, the end of last season, everyone puts to the birth of the multiverse, and that affects the entirety of the MCU. And we can look at it that way, that whatever Victor Timely is doing or any of the characters is doing could set the landscape of the next few um, years of the MCU. But much like how Doctor Strange didn't show up in WandaVision, I don't expect to see Doctor Doom in Loki season two. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. I know, I know, I know. Mo wants us to do it, but this is why I call the Mephisto rule after one division. <laughs> Not well, over theorize. Well, well, no, the or thing else you end that, up with Ralph Boner. Well, no, Mephisto. Mephisto is was always like hinted and part of the plan, right? Like it was always hinted, always part of the plan. They knew what yeah, they were doing yeah. going into it. Um, but I know with Loki from the development side, they really did re like. Because it was a show that they'd always intended to have a second season, at least mm-hmm. they really approached it way differently to how they approach shows like One Division and upcoming mm-hmm. Agatha, where they're treating everything as a as a spin-off of a limited series. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fair Loki enough. was the only one that was properly developed with a second season in mind. Um, yeah, that's so, true. So it is like, and that's why they could risk it by having someone as big as Kang show up in the finale. Because mm-hmm. so so I, I would say that like out of any show, if there's any MCU show that you can really like go wild with your predictions on, it would be Loki. Um and purely because of the nature of it, because you're traveling into different different multiverses, anything could happen at any point True. in time. Uh and because Disney owns everything, you could have and you can have, like they did in the season finale of the first season, uh references to other Marvel projects, even ones that aren't mm. uh Disney owned from from the off. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Because as you were saying, I realized we have already seen a Reed, a Reed Richard. So who's to say we don't see a dog? Like, I realized as soon as I said it, that if there's any comedy in the universe, people will play this scene back, like, right next to the introduction of Dr. Doom when it does happen. <laughs> because it could happen. We could just see some variants on some timeline. And it's not that important, but it's just there. So you heard it here first. We've seen the Fantastic Four before the season wraps up. Oh God, that's exactly the opposite <laughs> of what I was saying. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So let, let's get to the to the to the crux of this episode now, right? Yeah. So you know, coming into this episode, we know um, Ravona Renslayer and Miss Minutes are on a mission um, given to them by He Who Remains, and we get to see that they land in Chicago in 1869 on the Sacred Timeline, and they end up you know, dropping what ends up being a TVA guidebook to truer young Victor Timely's window. And, you know, fast forward, we go into 25 years in the future, I think, to 1893. Yeah. And we're now on a branch timeline, which I imagine is the show telling us that, you know, that, like dropping that um, TVA guidebook has kind of been a nexus event and has taken Victor Timely, you know, off well, um, off his normal um routine and now has created this branch timeline and we've we kind of get into it of like mobius and um, loki show up there in in um, 1893 ravona and miss minutes are there and i think the whole thing is all about you know victor timely and is he going to become he who remains is he not is he going to become something worse you know it that's basically the meat of the episode and you know we also get to kind of know him as well um so yeah so what so far just based on this episode what do we think of victor timely uh jeremiah um the one thing is i like him a lot um mm-hmm. he's he's someone that you want to hear more of like one of those like for for one i loved Again, this is where we come back to Legend of Tomorrow. But I love the idea of these geniuses <laughs> that we come back in time and we see them scamming people. Well, um, like, like like Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but... Well, just what, like, what the Ferris wheel moves and all of a sudden it's just Albert Einstein appears. <laughs> I feel like the only thing... The only thing that was missing to make it a complete Legend of Tomorrow thing was probably if you had someone like Casey... Or some someone who's a nerd in the TVA come in and let's say Victor Timely, we replace him with some known scientist and that person is a nerd. That's the only thing they don't have. But no, I loved Meets and him as a character. And again, you the the show does enough to make you question like how much does this character know? Because at first you're introduced and you're like when we saw him in the post-credit scene of Ant-Man, you're thinking, no, this is a he who remains variant that is starting something back in time but this show goes through the stage of making sure to show us that actually Renslayer sets him on a path and they've done enough right now to convince us that no this person is learning from the TVA guidebook as opposed to this person made sure or at least this person was expecting to receive it here so it's like is it he who remains in at the end of time like you were saying controlling things to make sure things happen the way he wants it to or are we are we being like completely misled by a very well calculated um can variant that is even more dangerous than he he remains could have ever been because he's making sure things happen in a certain way and then convincing us that this is an innocent good guy at this point yeah that's again like it's so fascinating you know of like 
I love the idea that he who remains is dead, but mm. his machinations are still everywhere. Like it all still revolves around him. Mm. But yeah, so it's all about like, we're trying to figure out like, what did he plan? Because he literally had an eternity there. Like, you know, this could be planned 2 million and 75 or whatever, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting to see it. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, Mo, what did you think about Victor Timely? Okay. So, uh, you mentioned Casey, seeing Casey, someone mentioned Casey before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my colleagues, Brit has a theory on Casey and it is that, uh, she hasn't seen the episodes. Um, so she doesn't know, but it's that his like, uh, like his sacred timeline version, the real Casey was actually mm-hmm. one of the prisoners that escaped from Alcatraz because we see a shot of Alcatraz in the trailer and we see Casey there. So that could be because there was prisoners that escaped from Alcatraz and no one could find them. There's four of them. There's like a BuzzFeed Unsolved about it, <laughs> but huh. it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a quite a nice theory. And I think like finding out more of what other people did on the sacred timeline uh-huh. is really like interesting because it sort of would help understand some of their motivations a little bit. So I thought that like, I think someone like Casey being a prisoner and then escaping and then him winding up effectively back in a prison <laughs> and ha- and not being able to escape just seems like a bit of a cruel, a cruel thing. But I think that, that like he's been upgraded to a, to a series regular this season um, yeah. uh, Eugene Cordero has so I think it would be quite uh, it would be quite nice to have some some backstory there because we know we're going to see some backstory of something mm-hmm. yeah no like I think last episode we really went into it of like you know these guys have all got like different origin stories and it's like it's going to be sort of mad to see to see what 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 you know they were all up to if we do get to see that and stuff so yeah yeah Casey's one of those guys that I haven't just really t- thought too much about you know it's just Mm. He's kind of just happy to be there and I'm just happy to have him there. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, you, you know, know who's memorized the handbook? He's done it. Cool. I uh, just keep going. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there is, there are a lot of people are theorizing that OB could be the, uh, the actual villain mm. of the show. Um, so if, if Casey knows the handbook and OB knows the handbook and OB turns out to be a villain, then maybe Casey can be the new OB. Hmm. Mm. Maybe. That, uh, For so, the new TVA. Yeah. So so to bring it to bring it back to Victor Timely, right? Like <clears throat> we're now so these machinations are so complex that you now have to think like, okay, is are we dealing with a kind of closed loop here? Or is that what we're trying to deal with? Like he who remains sort of created a TVA. There's obviously some connection to OB because he wrote the TVA guidebook. Then the TVA guidebook is what sets Victor Timely off to, as this episode kind of presents it, to go on and become He Who Remains, or that's what our characters believe anyway. Yeah. And it's like, is it that kind of bootstrap again? Because again, if it is fair play, because the show did kind of, you know, um, foreshadow it when we saw OB kind of remembering stuff. And basically the fact that OB is basically a nickname that Loki gave him. Yeah, and it, but his, his name anyway is a snake eating its own tail. So it's, that's yeah, I was good. Um, so that, yeah. that that like that is yeah, it's interesting. His his name is the biggest like Easter egg we all like <laughs> yeah clue we've had to well, so everything uh, being cyclical. Yeah, and yeah, that's why I've been I'm still on that theory. Like everything 
that is supposed to happen is still happening, yeah. which is why Kang is that scary because it's like everything we're doing is futile. Yeah. Right. So you think so you think the way we are now, we are on the way to heading to another he who remains, kind of exactly the same person at the end of the at at the end I of time. I don't so so this is the thing, this is where we're saying that I don't know. When when we discussed previously about the branch timeline, like you mentioned that the TVA guidebook sets, sets him on a different path. Now, obviously, with interdimensional travel, it's possible that it ends up still being him over there. Because um, in, in the finale, he's careful not to say which timeline he's from, but he does kind of allude to the idea that he protected his timeline. But what he did say was, once I isolated the sacred timeline, yeah. um, so- which could have just been any timeline that was the last one that he liked, that he made sure he was the, you know, I think specifically a loom, like the point of it being a loom is that it's taking strands of different timelines. So it's all these uh-huh. timelines are being fed through it as threads and it's turning it into one single string. Yeah. So it's weaving all of the timelines together. Um, so it's not necessarily that he, so it doesn't really matter mm, which timeline he's from. The point of a loom, exactly. the point of a loom is to bring everything into one, into one space. But now because you're basically breaking that, you're basically, you're trying to, what they're trying, what they're doing by like, destroying the sacred timeline is breaking that loom. They're trying to make sure that the loom can handle all of the branch timelines to no longer turn it into, they're basically trying to retrofit the loom. Uh, but uh. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you guys think is the big secret that Miss Minutes teased? Oh, Ooh, skip it. I don't even know oh, sorry. Okay, wait. I wanted to actually talk about Victor Timely. I wanted to actually talk about Victor <laughs> yeah, Timely. Yeah, because, yeah, go, yeah. Let's let's stick on Victor Timely. Okay, because we will get to Renslayer and Miss Minutes because that oh, is there's a, a full lot section. to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even Renslayer and Victor Timely is a whole dynamic that we still we're still yet to properly explore. Yeah. But like, mm. oh yeah. So Jonathan Majors, the, the the performance, it was really really frustrating or like tough to watch because you're watching mm-hmm. it with the context of him saying, "I'm not a bad guy." I won't. Uh, I haven't done any bad things, and then Sylvia's telling him, "But you will," and you know that this was filmed way before March 2023. <laughs> oh my god! So I was watching it with that in mind, and I was like, "Oh god, oh no!" So you, you broke the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. So I, but, <laughs> but I was, I was watching it, and I was like, "That's a very uncomfortable performance to watch, given a, mm. given the context." <laughs> but yeah. I did think that it was interesting that they had Sylvie basically being um, the arbiter of, 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 of his fate and, and, and where he winds mm-hmm. up. And her having mm-hmm. that control and power is something that she thinks she wanted. Uh, yeah. And she could almost feel herself like kind of taking it back and joining the TVA to, to really kind of leave her mark on it. But she like there's obviously some hesitation there. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see how it comes about with what we saw in episode one as well. Yeah. So talking about like Sylvie and um, Victor Timely, right? Like that dynamic is something I, I always used to call like the the baby Hitler dynamic wow. of like when people say, you know, if you went back in time today and you had the chance to kill baby Hitler before he did anything terrible, would you be a good person if you did or did not? Because it's like, Sylvie is saying all these things. Oh, Mo is telling me he's going to do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, Sylvie is saying, I want to kill you because I know what you can become or what you will become. But 
you know, Victor Timely, I'm not going to say Jonathan Majors, is telling us he hasn't done those things. We don't know in his heart. And I don't know, it's just one of those philosophical arguments that like, it, it fascinates me a lot because I can't really 100% say like what side is right or wrong because it's like, um, you know, again, in a sense of proving guilty and then, you know, things can always change and stuff. But yeah, Jeremiah, what do you think? On what you just said, I kind of I tend to agree. Um, I think that we've seen enough to know that characters don't necessarily. I mean, variance literally exists, mm-hmm. right? Characters don't have to make the same choices in every iteration. Um, and drawing it back to the Ouroboros loop, um, potentially, uh, I'm not like super versed on the whole comics thing with the Avengers and Kang and Thor mm-hmm. and then restarting the universe and having the TVA instead of the timekeepers. But if we have something like that, we would also get the idea that potentially while everything can be cy- uh, cyclical and um, can can close his loop, someone else could also start something. Because if, if everything is just like supposed to happen and just keeps happening over and over and over again, that's kind of cruel because then the heroes either always fail or always win. But it's like you're iterating with every new loop. Someone might change something different. That's uh-huh. how we as viewers tend to want to watch it. But uh-huh. obviously the fear, the fear that it could be the exact same thing and we still end up with He Who Remains and not just any variant of He Who Remains, at, but the, the very one that we're talking about, um, still back there at the same points in time to continue his work or to just be there. Um that is it I, yeah I, I don't know i don't I, I don't even know where to begin with that but on the sylvie and 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 uh victor timely dynamic i kind of get sylvie's hesitation but at the end of the day I, okay i'm kind of skipping ahead here but like she does in a sense let go uh-huh. because for some reason loki's a loki's still able to get to her on the idea that if we don't use him if he doesn't help us then even what you're trying to protect, you will lose. Uh-huh. So it's like, I think I agree with Mo where it's like, she's definitely conflicted about something, but it's clear where her initial like motivations still lie. Because when when Loki tells her, what would you do when another variant shows up? She says, she hesitates a bit and she goes, well, I'll kill them all. Uh-huh. So we do know that something is pricking at her mind the same way she's wondering something when we leave her off in the uh end of the last episode as well yeah so it's it's all fascinating there's one there's one like theory i want to put out there to you guys i won't confirm okay no no no. yeah 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 but i was just saying like could we all be overthinking this right with victor timely could it just be a case of like he who remains is like right if i die the loom is gonna be a mess they're gonna need someone to fix it Let's set this guy off because the way I look at it, like Victor Timely was already creating some of this stuff that looks like it's going to be TVA technology. Yeah, like, but wasn't that based on him having the book? Yep. Fair. True. So maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's something like, do we get him to do that faster or some way so that he can create, I've forgotten what he calls it. Is it a stabilizer or something that should fix the loom? And he remains like, this is the first problem. I'm, this guy's going to solve that. And we're all thinking, oh, no, 
because he looks like him, he's going to be a he who remains. He's he's going to be the one to go on to be the end. Maybe his purpose is actually just to fix the loom. What I'm do you gonna, guys think about that? I'm going to show you something. Oh, mm. oh, the listeners won't get this. The, the That's why you the, should watch us on YouTube. The viewers <laughs> will. So, yeah. The viewers will, so go subscribe to, to the YouTube. This Fair is enough. my reaction to episode four. Oof. Oof. Fair enough. <laughs> and I sent I sent a message to my to, to my colleague Josh. Episode four just started, already blown away. Does it get better than it currently is? Because mm, something happened, and then this was my reaction at the end of the episode. <laughs> so I would say that your theorizing is you're th- you're you're not overthinking anything. Don't overthink with this show because I don't even know where the show is going to go. <laughs> Fair enough. I do have a question on that though because yeah. you because I, I think I forgot to say this in the last one. Um, because I like the idea as well that he just needs him to be able to stabilize the loom, mm-hmm. and then whichever variant he is will exist, and that yeah. way he like that that's possible as well. Um, and then it would it would it would come on with maybe even asking the question of would this Victor Timely be key or instrumental in helping to stop that that you know that's not that important now my question is kind of what we were talking about offline or if we're going to call it mm-hmm. that um where is this Victor Timely from we do know that in the existence of the multiverse it's possible for the same identity to be born at different times but we're talking about like almost two like over one millennia so this is a 31st century person mm. in the 19th century so i mean yeah, yeah. like we we 100 percent. i think the show needs to give us more information yeah. there on what's going on right because we know the timely character mm-hmm. travels back in time to 1901 in the comics well mm-hmm. some people might know that but like you were saying offline we meet this one as a child so did yeah. this was this child like transported there first? Did this or is this actually no, I am aware of what I am doing and I am putting on an act even to Miss Minutes and to Renslayer. Because what we were t- when we mentioned Kang Prime, that's kind of the idea as well that mm-hmm. all along the Victor Timely is also Kang Prime, but only his most trusted people would ever know that. And it's like, are we being drawn along for that ride as well? So, I, oh. so, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, with that one, like, again, I think we need more information. I get what you mean, mm. but I think it could. I'm inclined to believe the show, right? That he doesn't know any of this stuff, and it's actually Fair new enough. to him, right? And again, everyone's talking about the man you will become, the man you will be. You know, oh. we don't know what it's gonna be, and it's there was a specific thing they kept saying. Um, I'll probably talk more about this as well, but like Loki talks about. You know, oh, he's kind of a trickster, like he's a confidence, <laughs> what's it called, a con man. Yeah. And it's like, and Victor Timely kind of pauses and says, well, I know my ideas are good, but I feel like the technology of my time is holding me back. Is it just the case that there is the, you know, it's, this is me just putting this spitballing from my brain. Is it a case of like, he has these amazing ideas and somehow he happens to be able to go to the future where his ideas can become reality and that is how he becomes who they feel like, you know, he's going to become, you know? But this version, I would say this, if if we go with the assumption that he doesn't know anything, yes, then yeah. that, that's what I'm expecting to be the story. 
of this version because he is going to the TVA now. Yeah. He is going to see the technology that he's been seeing in the TVA guidebook. He's going to pr- presumably learn some stuff because he's very clearly a very smart person. Like, even in that time, even with seeing... I mean, if you give me that TVA that guidebook, I'm not going to be able to make a temporal loom. Like, what, what <laughs> yeah, like the about? 80s. Um, was yeah, like in the 1800s. What am I saying? The 80s in the 1800s, he made a yeah, temporal and he does it. Um, and we're literally watching him right there. It's like like some prestige stuff where everyone is first like doubting him, and then they're wild and they want their hands on his machine again, Legend of Tomorrow. But that that made me laugh quite a bit because I'm like, come on, you guys don't understand what he said. It just looked cool, and you just want to spend money on it. But, <laughs> but yeah, Jesus Christ, Jeremiah. <laughs> How many how many drugs were you, were you on watching this episode? Me? Yes. Why? How? Like, I, you might be correct, but like, just the fact that this theory has even come to your mind is just like, what? What planets were you watching? I it was on? very I took, sober. The I, took an, I took an edible and I watched the first, I watched all four episodes. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be no, nice. No, as in, I, like, was... I, I mean, I, I, obviously, I'm trying to stay away, but then this theory just kind of <laughs> broke my brain. I was like. <laughs> I, I I could avoid this episode five times. I never even considered it. You should read my, read my reaction and tell me that I wasn't stoned as fuck when I was writing it. <laughs> one thing I need. One thing I wanted to ask you guys because you guys seem to be very new away from it. Um, and I just kind of need your opinions on it because I feel like from what I've seen, it's basically a litmus test for people's reception to this episode. Um, and be- actually, before I go there, the Sylvie thing. I was thinking about the Sylvie thing. I think obviously it's important because. She's trying to avoid being the TVA, right? That's what she, that's what she hates. And the TVA, especially in season one, were going and printing people based on their aberration, and they could do this. So her then killing this variant, who which we don't know, she probably believes, but she doesn't know for certain that he's going to become he who remains. Mm-hmm. Her killing this variant makes her the TVA. She's killing him because he's on a branch timeline. He's probably going to walk into. She says he would have been fine, but then you gave him the book, he branched the timeline, and now I have to kill him. And that'll just make her TV. That'll make her like Ravona, so she can't do that. Huh. Yes, so she becomes what, what I she to hates. Ask, sorry, was why didn't the episode? Why didn't they prune the branch timeline in episode two? That the branch what, timeline. Sylvie's that, one. Yeah, the, no, the one that Ravona and uh, Miss Minutes made when they gave Timely, Young Timely, the stuff. Why? Didn't, well, they're not pruning. They're not pruning so, any branch well, timeline. They didn't, prune, oh, they didn't prune all the timelines. No, they, they, they couldn't get to all of them. They did all of them. Also, I don't. I think. I think the show is kind of also telling us like this hadn't happened then, mm. like that Nexus event hadn't happened at that point. Well, because the, the point if I TVA, remember correctly, it was after that. It was after that that they got the ping from the Tempad, like after true. the docks explosion and stuff. That's true. So it anyway, after. the reason I came out of the shadows is I want to ask you guys, um, and obviously I know why you're trying to skirt away from me, but I think it's kind of important just for mm. the thoughts of this episode. What are your Receptions individually to the performance of Jonathan Timely because not of Jonathan uh, Timely, Jonathan Timely of Victor Timely <laughs> because like it is like it's obviously a choice. There are lots of choices involved. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, the I was, is to I was, make him different, I and I want to know what do you guys think about the performance itself? Obviously, I think all the caveats exist, and we know who we're talking about. But just the performance of the character, what do you guys think? Purely performance. Yes, purely performance. Uh. Good performance, very uh, reminiscent of He Who Remains, and you could see how uh, someone who's that eccentric from the start can, if he's spending an eternity effectively alone or talking to a computer, um, then how how he can become that kind of 
uh, effed up that we the, the level of effed up that we see him in at the end of season one. So mm-hmm. the, the, his performance definitely has uh, reminders and echoes of He Who Remains, uh, and I think it was interesting. But I don't like the. I don't like how sort of like innocent they're trying to make him because they are like the whole thing is that because it's played by Bajanza Majors uh, well yes and no it's hard to ignore it's hard it's it's, it's really really hard to ignore um it was a sympathetic performance but it's still like it 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 is very tainted and it's the same thing with the Miss Minutes as well it's like the show the show is very very tainted for me (laughs) a little bit oh god at least they're villains at least they are villains. Yes, <laughs> yes, in real life too. Fair enough. Um, Jerry and Jerry and Mona, what did you guys think of the performance? The performance. Banky is going to accuse me of doing drugs again because if the oh, actually, is, sorry, before I forget, Jeremiah, there are other time travel things apart from Legend of Tomorrow. I mean, just, yes, just so you but know. it's like I can send you a list. If I, you want. I I watch a lot of them, but this show, for some reason, I don't know if it's the cinematography or what. Especially this episode, I don't know. Like, if you know, there's a way the camera looks when they're in um in Brad Wolf's premiere, and also this that gives me specifically when they go into 19 and 1800s and Legends of Tomorrow. That's why it's always giving me that, like specifically that. You just said that the Disney budget is equivalent to the CW budget. That's that's incredible. <laughs> if you want to that's take an incredible statement way. to make. If you want, I think I I actually think I think it's a choice. I think it's a choice that you made. I don't think it's budgets, and I think it's it's I think it's a cinematographic or whatever. Like a, I think it's a choice they've made. But to answer it, to answer your question, I was going to ask just to be sure because I I'm not sure if I remember enough of his performance in Ant Man. Did he have a stammer as well? in Ant-Man no, before I go on. which is the okay. main thing I, I want to exactly yeah, no, because so, when I was picking up on that is like like Mo was saying it's re- it's very it reminds you a lot of Hero Remains in my head I'm thinking it just feels like yeah this is the uh, this is the younger version of him um I mean, he remains as Navi Stammer either. He had the same, he, he spoke the same way. There was something about it. Like, this is what I'm saying. If he's got the Stammer under control, the way he like pauses and then it's like, time could be like, there's a way, he, there's a cadence he speaks uh, yeah. with that was exactly like he who remains, but taking millions or thousands or whatever, you know, units of years he's gone in the future and he doesn't have that Stammer anymore, but he still has the same cadence. It was like I was watching the same person, but if like a yeah, just a, a version of him that is not like different, but younger and earlier. Like that's why I felt like I'm watching the exact same person. Yeah, like the precursor to He Who Remains. Exactly. Like because the stammer wasn't there exactly, but the way he spoke, it was the same personality, way. the intr- the eccentricity exactly. of, of it. I thought, and that's yeah. what I think that's what we were trying to get on that. Like Jonathan Majors is kind of purposely consistent in that performance, mm. which is why I think it's a clue as well. Because the one thing they did say, well, I think it was the Ant Man um, um, director's kind of commenting on Kang as a character about how you'd have a lot of fun, and then the actor gets to play the same character in many different ways. So it always stuck to me. It's like, why are these two so similar? And I thought that's why you even asked us about it, um, uh, Banky. But yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's probably fitting that uh, I went, I'm going last because I think I was, I was kind of in the middle of the performance, right? Because when it got to like the dramatic stuff towards the end, when he's talking about, you know, you don't know my heart, I'm a good person. I was like, okay, cool. He pulled me in. Before that, Again, it was like, 
yes, you know, getting like matching with the uh, he who remains is fine, but it kind of took me out a little bit. It was like there was a bit comedy sketch of like, okay, this is a different Jonathan Major, and may- maybe that's just me. Um, although I looked online and I think other people had that opinion as well because it just I, yeah. feels like now it's like every every Kang or He Who Remains or whatever has a tick like okay this one stammers okay cool oh, um, well, like the if you go to the post credit scene this one's British this one's the, it's like it, it, it gets a little distracting for me like I feel like it, we could do things a bit subtler like it doesn't have to be something on the nose like a stammer but yeah you know uh, I, I i thought yeah like the infantilization of the of that character is meant to be mm-hmm. like it, it's sort of the way that he's portrayed as like, like a teenager the, yeah the innocence sort of like transgresses into like very very childish mm-hmm. t- at times and i think that that can be quite difficult for people to attach themselves to um mm-hmm. So I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, because but, but I, yeah. it almost kind of felt like dumbed down as well. Exactly, yeah. like you like you were being con- condescended to by by Jonathan Majors because like like yeah. you feel, like it felt like he was putting on a performance, like the character was putting mm-hmm. on a performance. Exactly, um, and I think that that's to do that's more to do with the uh, the Victor Timely alter ego aspect. He's a con man. Well, yeah, exactly. The Victor Timely alter ego thing. He goes on stage. He goes and does his show and stuff like that. So are you familiar with like, you know, like YouTubers who like do present like movie reviews and stuff like that. They all, mm-hmm. they all have like a, a presentation voice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's what he's doing. Basically he's getting used to this presentation voice, getting used to like building up a stage presence. And then as we see, he, he who remains has got eons, eternity to practice it. And mm-hmm. until, cause he's written that Sylvie and Loki will, will be his final audience. Right. Yeah. So everything that he's been doing has just been practicing for Sylvie and Loki to finally, yeah, to finally meet him. And, and it does can... come out in that conversation when he gives us the "this is where we diverge from the dogma" speech. Like exactly. That it's yeah, like it just felt so much like the same character to me. No, I think yeah, like like I said, like it's not like oh the performances are pulling and I had to watch through my fingers or something like that. It was like no, it was just like. It's just like that initial thing was a bit like oh, okay, it's a tick. Okay, let's 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 get over this hurdle. Um, but after that, like I said, like by the point where you know he's face to face with Sylvie's blade, um, I was like, okay, I, I kind of buy it. Like you know, I don't know. I, I was gonna say I I mean yeah, I did kind of feel sorry for him. And again, like I said, Hitler theory. He hasn't done anything yet, and. You know, if a performance can make me feel like you shouldn't kill him right there, given who's playing him, then yeah, you've done something right. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. And yeah, for those listening, you know, our Patreon had to come out of the shadows there to, to 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 give us to give us that that little talking point. Cool. So let's go to the two ladies of the episode. Um, two of the three. Two of the three. This, exactly. Oh yeah, true. The the, the main ladies of the episode because I feel like this is their. I episode, mean, really. well, I think one of them made a point that she was not a lady. She was he never made her a lady, right? right? Well, yeah, yeah. He made yeah, her just was. a just a chess AI. <laughs> 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 
Right. I, 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 I don't know. It's right. I'm talking about Miss Red Slayer and Miss Minutes. <laughs> I give up. I give up on on what pronouns or whatever to use. <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna get cancelled. The listeners are just going to hate me for banging on about Legend of Tomorrow again. But when you mention Miss Minutes, right? Remember that episode where Bebo goes big? Yeah. I ain't seeing Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, like yeah. in my head, the idea that you know there's new there's 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 a whole kind of low-key mass hysteria about this ghost clock in the town. Then the ghost clock shows up and the ghost clock goes beep and t- big like big and terrorizes up. That it like we we I saw it on a CW show. I like I'm not complaining. I loved it. But the similarities are there, and I I love the similarities because I like that show as well. Okay, you know, that's fair. Like I totally forgot about that particular episode of Legends of Tomorrow, but yeah, <laughs> I think the real question we should be asking is why Jeremiah has so much of Legends in his brain. Yeah, let's let's change the podcast. You know to that. what? That's a good question because I haven't seen. Yeah, that. like I do you want to do a rewatch podcast? Like, what's going on? Has if anyone seen the new Futurama? The first episode just has Fry streaming content into his brain. Is that what you do with Legends of Tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> just before you go to bed. Funny enough, Futurama came into my head for this episode as well. But see, Banky will just keep like. Accusing me of more drugs. I was like, just gonna say, if you want, if you want a, a rewatch series with Jeremiah, and Banky won't kill me for this, but like he's going to, yes, he's going to have to produce it and everything. But if you want a rewatch series of Legends of Tomorrow with Jeremiah, leave it in the comments and let us know. I'll, I'll rewatch Lost if someone wants to rewatch Lost with me. Oh boy, here we go. I've opened Pandora's box. No, I'm joking. I'm prison, joking. Prison Break, Breaking Bad. Drop oh, it. Oh, in I would do. I would 100 do a rewatch of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I can complain. I I need I need my my complaints of episodes one through six of the first season, the entire first season, to fall on on, on more than just my parents' ears because I complain to them enough. all the time. <laughs> anyway, I did want to say something. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. About about budget and CW. So you were saying about this has like a C. Uh, this is very much like a CW show, which I haven't seen, but. Um, the budget of this was actually one of the lower budgets for MCU shows. It came in at 141 million, um, which seems high for a TV show. That's what over six episodes. Mm-hmm. That's like I'm gonna do one for one over six. Twenty. Oh my gosh, uh, twenty three and a half million an episode. Um, but it was the one of the only projects that didn't have any reshoots done. And I'm, and I, I've got something that I can send you guys afterwards if you are interested about, because we were saying about cin- cinematography, but, uh, they shot, uh, a lot of the interior TV 18 anamorphically. So tried to, so to get like a bit of a warp perspective there, because obviously it's okay. so close to a big center yeah. of gravity that mm-hmm. you're going to get some warping of space, which I thought was quite a nice yeah. touch. So you said there were specific like visual styles in the, in the TVA. It was, that was sort of what, uh, what, what's going uh-huh. on there. I'm done now. I'm done. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say, to close that thing, I looked it up. Um, Legends of Tomorrow's budget was about $2 million an episode. So <laughs> To be fair, I said I said specific scenes, as no, in no, specifically I, the Brad look, Wolf scene. And yeah, yeah, the, no, no, I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, you can do $2 million and you can do 23 and then, you know, someone could feel like they're similar. So let us spend <laughs> your money efficiently, basically. Mm, um, fair enough. Red Slayer and Miss Minutes, right? So they're they're kind of working together. They're trying to, in their head, enact He Who Remains' plan. And yeah, I feel like this whole episode, two of them just kind of 
they're kind of they kind of almost feel like they're in competition together. Like, what do, what do we think about like that's dynamic between both of them? Mo, let me know what do you think. Uh, the love triangle was definitely something that was hinted at at the end of uh, season one. Mm-hmm. So I was glad that they followed through with it. Um, I can't remember. So I I remember where the episode ends, but I'm not going to say more. But the love triangle is something that like it was like I thought it was. I was when you could see the signs of it happening early on in the episode. I was yeah. glad that they followed through with it instead of just yeah. like hinting and dragging it on because, like, the show has a lot to get through. So I was glad that they kept it very contained to that episode. Um, yeah. As far as like getting the good stuff out of the way, like that scene with Miss Minutes and Timely in the workshop or or whatever, mm-hmm. that I thought was uh, like a lesser show or even like any other Marvel show with, without this creative team would have probably yeah. pushed it to like the next episode or something. So I was glad that they kept yeah. it. I have to like, yeah. Eric, Eric Martin is the head writer on the show. He's the head writer now, yeah. Um, and he's written, he wrote every episode uh, with some assistance from like other story credits and stuff like that. But he's got like such a clear idea of where he wants this show to go and mm-hmm. twists and turns. Um, mm-hmm. So each episode feels distinct in that it's, it's like, I was glad that they got it out of the way. So that they can really yeah. get into the into the, the more interesting stuff. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you. And yeah, to come back to when we were talking about drugs, like I was watching the episode and then you'd see like um Renslayer and Timely talking and you know, there's the scene on the boat where it kind of tries to hold her hand and stuff like that. And I could from the corner of my eye, I could see like Miss Minutes with some very weird reactions. I was like, Yep, am I going nuts or was she, was she was she getting upset? I was like, what's going on? And then you'd look, it was weird because I don't know how the timings work, but then I look back at her and she just smiled like normal. I'm like, am I going nuts or is something going on here? But um, yeah, Jeremiah, what did you think about the whole, basically we get into the love triangle now. Like, I had, a, I had minutes, a similar reaction to you to that right? as well because I had to look back like, what, like, did I see what I just saw? I, that was part <laughs> of, these are part of the things that I loved about the episode. It was those little quips. Like, it was building up through the episode yeah. and on in that boat we're seeing her like like first she's scoffing she's like huh like just saying things like even in the in in his place that's not really his place she's yeah. reacting in certain ways and you're thinking what is like what is this energy i'm getting from miss minutes and then eventually on the boat you see that you, you see her reacts when you're like like I, in my notes i'm like well, miss this miss minutes versus renslayer dynamic like they're jealous um what is going on here and then i'm wondering why she's smiling all of a sudden but obviously when you watch that scene back and you see it in context like oh of course she's smiling because she realized the moment the moment renslayer mentioned partnership she was done yeah so yeah she's like right and then, like, <laughs> that that was also another scene again like there was a lot in this episode that was comedic but also layered enough to make you think it's like next thing she's being dumped like yeah like and she still she manages to follow the, it was hilarious but it's Ms. also Ms. like it's sassy you know like for her to actually stand on the boat and basically wave by like i was <laughs> like it was like, it was very single white female of her i was like <laughs> i was I'm like so you know like most ais would just be like you know just very calm i was like okay that's the logical thing to do she was basking in her glory like i got my man i'm like ah, come on you like, just said most AI, you just said most ais would do this do you have a lot of experience with ais and love triangles or 
<laughs> I, 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 I mean, I can't. I can't speak. Uh, <laughs> I work in I mean, tech, and I'm in top secret projects. So, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I do. I do. I, sometimes I get a really, really good customer service assistant on like my banking app, which I know is AI. But some, but that like, could be that could be me. So never. Oh. <laughs> I'm dead. Well, you know what? It's great. It's great. You mentioned. We'll probably. Well, maybe we should have talked about this earlier. But when we go back to OB, we'll probably talk about this, like the tech thing you mentioned. But my thing, while you were both talking about Miss Minutes, my question then is do you guys think miss minutes because this only just came to my mind now and maybe i'm an idiot for not thinking this before or maybe i'm overthinking it now um do you guys think miss minutes actually felt that way when she because to me right it felt odd i was like what the hell am i watching why is miss minutes professing her like- I, I think i think it needs to feel awkward but i think it's been there like it's possible even- because I think even was it in the in Victor Timely's like office or whatever, and I think he when he's putting it together and he was like, "Oh, you guys were the ones who kept the TVA running," and like Miss Minutes rushed to the front to be like, "Not her, it was me. I I was there with you for <laughs> eons, like before her, after her. I was there. I was like, okay, she's very yeah." Keen. But what I'm saying is, there's something Sylvie mentioned to Renslayer as an it's about power for you. And mm-hmm. we know that as well, that at the end of season one, Renslayer goes in search of free will because she wanted to understand what was going on. We also know there's some sort of relationship between Renslayer and Victor, and, well, and He Who Remains from Loki and then Renslayer and Victor Timely from the comics. But I'm looking like, is it possible that Miss Minute's goal here isn't necessarily love for her master because she probably doesn't see this victor timely as her master she did say in the office like he just said you're so much like him is it possible that she intends to control this variant um and she uh, thought that that was her way in because uh, even exclusive when- popcorn for dinner scoop miss minutes is a groomer <laughs> jesus christ well, that's one way My to put it. Like, goodness. I feel like you, you can't you can't say anything else. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's it's it, it very it's very groomery. Like, oh, you remind me, you remind me so much of effectively your dad. Yeah, and, and yeah, you, but like you, you were saying, like, what if what if this isn't he who remains, and he's just orchestrating things to make sure he does it? Like, maybe okay, so it was premeditated grooming. Pre- pre- pretty I much. think I think she's just in love. I think like the fact that he even looks like. He who remains is enough for her. I feel mm. like, and then obviously there's so you don't some think like, there's traits and any stuff. chance at all that like I think it's that's love. Like, like he proper, who remains uh, honest, is trying to control nah, this Victor Timely. I, I, I think Miss Minutes, I think or Miss Minutes is trying think, to control I he think who Ms. remains. Is in love. Like fair enough. She really laid it down bare, like as bare as she could. Without like the body. even when he he puts her off on the thing. She said I, and then when they bring her back at the end, she completes it with love you. She yeah. put everything bare. She's she's putting her face on fair her. Enough. I think a part of me is just like I don't like. I don't know why they did that, but like, fair she, enough. She put all her cards on the table, man. Like <laughs> was, just so... there was no there was no room for like is this friendship? Is this partnership? Yeah, but why? Because like. Renslayer as well essentially tried to do the same thing by holding his hand and say and establish herself as by your side. So in this loop, in this cycle, mm. I'm now going to be beside you and have just as much power as you. And he doesn't do partnerships. And mm. I'm thinking, what if Miss Minutes is attempting the same thing in this cycle? But then the conversation they have there is, I had him under the control. 
So it's like, what if they both were trying to, you know, like Mo said, groom him, maybe not romantically, but into something and they were using that as their way in. Yeah, yeah, no, I think they definitely want him to be he who remains. But yeah, let me let me go to 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 Mo to build on this grooming idea since it's his. I don't. It's, it's not, not 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 to do necessarily with groom. Not to do necessarily with grooming. But we did hear there's episode one, right? Episode one written and uh, written by Eric Martin and directed by Morehead and Benson, who are doing episode four as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know. At some point, um, that from what happened in episode one, that there is a conversation that either he who remains or Victor Timely uh, has with Ravona, where he says, yep. "You are quite the marvel." Mm-hmm. We don't know when that happens. We don't know where that happens. How? Yeah. Um, and we also have a question of who pruned Loki in uh, yeah in the future. Yeah, in the future, and I think that. The, the cliffhangers from from the season really do from from this episode in particular. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not what the what like what the big secret is because mm-hmm. uh, we don't actually know. Yeah. So it's it's mad that you brought back that recording because I thought about that and I was like, okay, you know, putting my comic book hat on. Ravonna Renslayer is in a relationship with Kang the Conqueror. Like that's just a thing. Um, although. Ravona is very different. She's like a space princess or whatever. Mm. So I'm like, okay, is that just at least a hint at it or something like that? But then in this episode, we see like that romantic spark is there. And like mm. in most of these shows, like there's always the bizarre thing that almost like in most of your um, timelines or whatever, you end up loving the same person. Right? Same person, yeah. So I was like, okay, so so we're getting something there. But then I think Miss Willis was just like, this is my chance to just cock block because these people are going <laughs> to fall in love again. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see how that whole thing ties together. Um, I want to see what Ravona is going to do now. She's at the end of time. And, you know, that kind of leads me straight to the cliffhanger for this episode, which was, um, I've got a secret. I know, obviously... It's so weird. Like we've gone so quick in the Miss Minutes arc from grooming to professing love to getting dumped. So now she's a jealous ex pretty much or, uh, or a spurned lover. And she's like, now nah, I'm going to expose his secrets. And it's like, do you want to know the one that's going to make you mad? Basically now, like the woman in his life are teaming up against him. <laughs> like we've sped through. So, so yeah. like if this was a high school drama, this is like season one love yeah. triangle stuff that we've just sped through in like 30 minutes the but, next the, ne- the next three episodes are he who remains must die <laughs> <laughs> and they recruit all his exes from the multiverse yeah. <laughs> oh my god oh, oh god oh god that, that, no no not that not the real world <laughs> no, oh, oh for crying out loud no. okay i wasn't thinking that i was i was really i was really more thinking like the imagery in my head was like porridge's red that forever red episode of all, <laughs> his, all his exes style <laughs> 20 red slayers like, john no john made his oh mistake. man oh god <laughs> oh no <laughs> right cool no. Before, before we go completely off the rails like what do we think the secret is obviously mo you've seen more than us yeah mm. so Jeremiah, what do you think the secret is? <sighs> I have no idea. That's the simple, truthful answer. I have no idea. And at this point, like, again, before Banky 
starts telling me I'm also an alcoholic or something. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want There's a lot over. going on in this podcast. <laughs> like, like if we don't get cancelled in this podcast, then I don't know. <laughs> like, like, like there's nothing we can't do. <laughs> I I don't want to over theorize, but I mean, I would be interested in the idea that it has something to do with the, the whatever the relationship Renslayer and Kang slash Timely slash He Who Remains slash whatever other name or moniker he is he's going with. I would be interested in the idea that there is something critical um, that Miss Minutes hasn't yet revealed to Renslayer, or Renslayer is very important to how the the story pans out what that secret is i simply don't know because my comics knowledge of ravona renslayer goes as far as reading about the relationship between her and mm-hmm. Kang the conqueror so yeah but i'm excited to see what they do with her one's even less so don't stress look i'll I'll tell you plain and pure like it's just it's just name only pretty much like there's almost Fairs. nothing nothing <laughs> nothing the same between Fairs, the two. but don't- i liked what you were saying about the spark I actually liked that little detail as well because I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, you, like they met and they seem drawn to each other instantly. And then the jealousy um, comes in from our cartoon <laughs> clock. Yeah. On, on that note, do you want to play a game called Is It Racist? Oh, boy. Where basically Uh-oh. people are theorizing that like how Sylvie is a female variant of Loki, Ravona oh, is a wow. female I was, variant I was, of... I was about... I was, I was going to say that that is my... That, not my, that is the only that thing I could come up so with. That would make so much sense, though. You, I was <laughs> that would make sense of that what would make you angry. No, because I was literally saying, like, that was the next... That was, like, when I sat down, I was like, that's the only theory I can think of. Because I was like, oh. this season one was all about Loki and his variants, right? Yeah. And mm. we ended up with Loki and Sylvie. Mm. And the whole idea was that, like... Loki is a trickster. So Lokis tend to have like a nexus event because they don't follow convention. What they should be, yeah. Mm. But then we vi- Victor Timely, who is also a con man, and Loki almost kind of like, he, he, he's a trickster pretty much. And it's like, this season has basically been about he who remains and his variants because, you know, Loki heard the end of season one and he was terrified about it and all of that stuff. So I was like, are we going to have something like that where like Ravona is a variant of he who remains um, but like she has no idea about it or anything like that and and like we're just gonna have that symmetry you know of like also having located so that was the only thing i could come up with when i was thinking what could this secret be um but it seems very far-fetched but like it was the only thing i could come up with because she was like it's going to make you mad because then it's going to be like hang on this power that i want that you're cutting me out of um Ravona being mm. um it could in theory right, I have as much hers. claim to it than you as exactly you, yeah mm-hmm. so it's like yeah so that will make her mad like wow okay so I'm just trying yeah. to bring a partnership but like meanwhile there's no reason you should have it and I shouldn't what's funny so that, is, that, was, that was my thought basically what's funny is going into this episode so I didn't I definitely did not think of Ravona as a as a Kang variant no but going into this episode I did question I was like what if there is a female Kang variant just out there? Like, what if we see one? Who would who would they be? So, like this, you bringing this up to me is just like, wow, well, okay. What if that is it? But like, I I would like that idea, but at the same time, like you said, it's kind of a bit far fetched. Because as much as as much as I'm not saying it won't happen, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it make in terms of the reaction of it's gonna make you mad. It actually fits that 
But in terms of who they've established them to be so far, we don't know where Rensselaer is from. But I think they, I don't remember when, we but saw they did show Rensselaer her on the timeline. Teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did it? Did it? Did they say what year that was in? Twenty eighteen. That was October twenty eighteen. So it okay. wasn't. So it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a variant that existed in the thirty first century. However, that being said. Time um, travel. If they go exactly, if they one, there's time travel. Two, there's the idea that um, genetics are genetics, and if enough random changes in the initial condition happen at a certain point, things can be so drastically different, and some future generation could pop up so much earlier or so much later, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever. I like, I, I have no idea, but th- that might be too much physics or biology for Loki to dumb us down on Disney with. I don't know. <laughs> no, they just stick but, the word quantum in front of everything and, and then call it a yep, day. Yep, yep, yep. Fair enough. But yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't think too much in that. But when you mentioned symmetry, there was. I feel. I can't believe we skipped over this because the show. The show. The Sylvie even mentions it to us it's like this feels a bit familiar i was mm. i was in love with that scene when i realized i think there was there, there was a point where the camera pans and you're seeing them there at, at loggerheads obviously and then victor timely is just in the back kind of like cowering a bit and it was exactly yeah. like the season finale i was just like i love this so much yeah um then playing that again like imagine sylvie already angry with loki and then she's come to do something again and loki's doing the exact same thing yeah like, i loved it so much yeah, no, I think yeah that 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 symmetry and like that callback was was really nice. But yeah, that that is my like very I don't know out there theory about you know them being variants. And to bring it back, Mo when Mo brought that up, he said, "Is this racist?" Because you know we've just seen a black man and a black woman, and we're like they're the same person. I don't know, but like, <laughs> well, I mean, like to be fair, to be fair, I've only ever seen uh, the the white nerds theorize that, so I don't know. <laughs> there we that's where that's maybe why it might be there. yeah it's just racist <laughs> i mean but I, 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 I kind of had the theory so maybe not the theory itself no but, but I, I, def- I definitely think that that's what sparked the thought like ooh, possibly but, anyway, but you no. wonder like because <laughs> b15 is right there i know like... but i think um, I mean, one of the things i wanted to 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 sort of say is that like there is a lot of symmetry in the show um but I would say uh, that Benson and Moorhead are really, really great directors and they know how to make, like you saw the picture, or you saw my reaction, they know how to make your jaw genuinely drop at some of the stuff that they, that they tee up. And I'd say that it's all, it's, mm-hmm. theorizing is really, really good at this point because we really don't know where it's going to go. But I, like... We, we get we get a lot of answers starting from next episode fair enough i'm yeah. glad to hear that i think like i always say like i always say with theories right like theories theories are great because in fandom like you can't have a strong fandom without theories you know like think of every fandom like there's always been like fan theories and stuff um i think sometimes like where things excel is that and like i've had this i think with loki as well where it's like okay they ended up with something like that's even far better than my theory and I think that's the beauty mm. of it as well. Um, so, yeah, so I'm always, like, looking forward to what they do. Obviously, like I said, sometimes it can be, like, very painful of, like, you know, right. To be fair, you only feel somehow, like, if whatever they pick is bad. And I kind of trust this creative team that it won't be bad. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm easy. Um, which is one of the fun things as well, of, like, watching this week to week. Because if I was just binging this, I will just binge it through. Like, I will never waste my energy to theorize. But true. 
But yeah, no, like I really enjoyed this episode. And obviously with all the things we're hearing next week is going to be, it's going to be a great one as well. Um, quickly before we sort of try, try and wrap up, uh, are there any things that you guys still want to call out for the episode quickly? Uh, Mo, I'll go to you first. Um, I think it just, it, it's just, it's just worth uh, mentioning again uh, that some of the stuff that they do in the show, especially with the, the, the kind of extra runtime that they have on Disney plus, it feels like it's yep. the first, it's the first Disney plus show or one of the only Disney plus shows that actually feels like a proper show that gets a lot of like story it gets a lot of world building um and it's yeah. all, and it and it, and it feels essential mm-hmm. and i think it's a nice it's a nice breath of, of fresh air and if you really really like this episode you're gonna just like your mind's gonna be blown for next episode i wanted to be on the podcast next episode but mm-hmm. uh Banky said no he, t- he told me to jump off a cliff <laughs> sounds like did him. You, did you tell him did you tell him it was a partnership Oh, you know what? I didn't, but I maybe I should have. <laughs> then, then he would have. Then he would have. He would have pushed me off the cliff. <laughs> no boat. No boat allowed. Right, Jeremiah, anything you want to shout out? Um, I think funny enough, we covered most of the things I had here. But the only thing I, I mentioned will we'll probably come back to the Obi and Techies thing. I absolutely love that scene where Obi is being that tech support guy that is telling them the server is about to crash, and they're like, "Can't you just hack into the system?" It's like, "Can we just hack into the system?" <laughs> I like I, I love that whole thing, and I thought maybe you might even um you might get something out of that because like we both work in tech. It's like oh yeah, that whole idea of the infrastructure engineer needs to keep yeah. the infrastructure running. I liked that, and again, their whole their whole setup in that basement is literally like the the server room like prior yeah. to the cloud. Proper anyway. proper um, work comedy for me. Where they I say would just stuff, say an idea, was... and people think it's it's <laughs> I'm telling yeah. them what to do. I he even said he even said something of um she has administrative privileges. I'm like, this is just a day at work. <laughs> <laughs> um I had a I had a, a fun little idea. Obviously when I know we're kind of in the context of we don't want to be oversaturated with Marvel stuff. But I mm-hmm. thought, how fun would it be if instead of I am Groot next year, we just got like five three minute shorts of OB just doing oh, TA yeah. stuff? Absolutely. You, could, you could film it just one man in the volume uh responding to a work yep. request and, ha- and and him having to just be around you could film <laughs> it cheaply you could film it all in a day i just think it would be really really nice and cute and yeah. i think i want to see more of kihoi kwan uh definitely yeah. doing more kind of family entertainment i would love it yeah just him and him and eugene Codero like answering like it requests and stuff and fixing temp pads and yeah, stuff like that. i would love it well that actually does bring up one more thing then um i i think we kind of hinted at this already i really want to see as we've talked about the kang or the he who remains and um, renslayer connection i want to see more of the Ouroboros and um he remains connection because like you said um well obviously there's that wild theory of what if ubi is the villain but victor timely does tell us he feels like this is his co- correspondence between 
Ouroboros, even if he technically gave it to Ouroboros, who now technically gave uh-huh. it to him, which like Mo mentioned, um, I, 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 was, I was waiting for the right time to bring this up, but the fact that his name is literally that in mythology, uh, uh-huh. I want to see that like if there's anything, I mean, it might just be a red herring again, like Mephisto and Ralph Bonner and whatever, but um, I actually want to see if there's anything there and I'm excited that which is any any opportunity to get Ubi on the screen I, I'm for it I love it I want to see it awesome awesome um yeah I we want to see more Kehui Khan he's he's the best I think one more thing I wanted to shout out in the episode was I think we finally got our first MCU mention of Boulder the Brave in this episode Aww. um and you know, if 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 you if you've been online, you've heard rumors of like you know Daniel Craig was at one point supposed to be Boulder the Brave in the Multiverse of Madness as part of the Illuminati. Um, he is basically what's the short version of MC of Marvel Boulder the Brave? He's basically the good version of Loki, Thor's half brother who is nice and helps him out and stuff like that, pretty much. Um, and then you know, for anyone interesting that he shows up on a branch timeline. Yeah, but then Loki recognizes him, so he's still of course, yeah, in the actual one. Um, so it's interesting. So again, with that rumor from Multiverse of Badness and this, I wonder if something is cooking with uh, Bard of the Brave. You know, for the gamers listening as well, if you played God of War 2018, Baldur is also the asshole you stranger that you fight like three times that takes like ages to kill. Um, but yeah. I think normally in mythology, Balva's death is supposed to bring about Ragnarok, but obviously we've gone past that in the MCU. So we'll see an Easter egg for something to keep an eye on. I just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, But yeah, you know, another great episode of Loki. Like I said, everyone's telling us that episode four is going to be insane. Um, We're going to be there to cover it for you guys. And hopefully you guys are going to, you know, stick with us. Um, like we said before at the top, we have episodes for Gen V um, coming out every week. We're going to cover Invincible when that starts in November. We've got other episodes on the channel, like for Sex Education, Top Boy, Winning Time, The Continental. And the sister podcast is The Cinema is Back with um, their first episode for a bit. And it's covering Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Um, mm-hmm. Check that out. You know, rate us, like us, share us with your friends. Let us know again if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna see rewatch episodes and stuff like that. Um, and we'll mm-hmm. see if we can get them on. Um, also, yeah, special thanks to my guests, to Jeremiah, to Mo, who again editor in chief on streamer. Mo, is there anything you wanna tell the listeners to kind of look out for from you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, we've just got kind of a lot of good stuff coming up i've got if anyone's seen the show upload on prime video oh uh, i love that show season three just started i did a breakdown of the premiere with the director of the premiere and then i've got an interview coming up with the director of the finale the last two episodes as well when they drop uh oh my voice just went um (laughs) but yeah no the production excitement yeah um i did a i I did do an interview if anyone's a futurama fan i did an interview with the producer of futurama for the for the final season uh that was quite fun um but yeah no just keep looking out actually i've got a taylor swift article coming out next week Ooh, so that's gonna be fun but yeah it's uh um yeah you guys fun it's been fun being with you guys (laughs) 
What an inside joke. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to explain it. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to book myself for the finale because I don't think I'd want to talk about it with anybody else apart from you guys. Oh, Nice, 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 nice. Get everyone in for the finale. Like seven yeah. of us on the pod. I mean, yeah, the That's multiverse nice. of, of, of PFD. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a hype video and everything with like the Portals music from Endgame and everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm so good. dead. But yeah, um, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure. You guys being are great. You. <laughs> you guys are great. You guys, yeah, you're, yeah, you're more fun. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But yeah, um, cool. All right, guys, um, thanks for sticking with us. And yeah, check out our upcoming episodes and take care. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye, everyone.